This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the tailgatesociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods, and I'm joined, as always, by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? You know, just living my best life, getting real excited for hot girl summer. Um, it's kind of okay, getting hot. It's, it's almost hot in Texas. Like, it's been raining, but, like, it's about to be hot. And I we moved somewhere with a pool, and we are out here vaccinated. We're excited. It's it's a good time. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, we were just talking. I, I play softball. Uh, me and Elisa play softball on, on Sunday nights. So we had a nice come from behind victory tonight. So we were in good spirits. And the team we played sucked. Like they weren't fun to play. So Aww. it was nice to get a win and rub it in their faces. You love so to that see was it. Cool. Yeah, it was great. Man, I forget. Like it's so great that like organized sports are back. Like, oh, it's going to be such a good summer for everyone to just like get back to like some sense of like normalcy, like playing sports and yeah. You know, going to the pool, going to the bar. I mean, like, I would assume in Des Moines, like, there's a lot of, like, patios that people go to. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, if you're listening to this, obviously, like we said, I believe we said this last week, please get vaccinated um, yes. as soon as possible. Um, don't worry about anyone else getting it. Like, everyone at this point, we want everyone to get it. Um, there's a lot of uh, patio life here in Des Moines and a lot of people I don't know our governor sucks and is a terrible human being hey, same. so um the mandates have been like not great and already like you know last week is she's basically like removed all mandates so I don't know at this point it kind of is what it is uh, there's a significant amount of people here vaccinated I still think that there should have been a, you know something in place but the stuff that she did with schools was like really sinister and I won't get into that. That's for a different podcast, but like she sucks. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll never, you know, tired of talking about how bad she is, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of patio drinking. I want to do a lot of patio drinking this summer. I didn't celebrate my birthday because I was waiting to like, I was right in the final few weeks of school. So mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of just put my head down and, and finish school and focus on that. And then, like, save the celebrating for my birthday and, and graduating for, for the summer. So as, as long as we can get this weather to cooperate and stop raining, um, we, can start, we can start the celebrations. We can start a lot of patio drinking. I see that in my future for the, for the summer. So let's get it. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> I think we all are. It's, oh, man, it's going to be a good time. Hopefully, Hopefully for all of us. And hopefully we get some good content in terms of, like, what, production studios are now able to do like they have a little more freedom so maybe by next summer we'll have like a whole bunch of other shows to be talking about or movies or i don't even know i need to like look at what's coming out into the world in terms of shows movies books music well i guess spotify is like this is the new music today right now olivia something is very big Mm -hmm. yeah Olivia Rodrigo, I think. Yes. Yeah. I don't know any of her music, but I know that I've seen that name on Twitter. So It's all over Twitter. And I'm like, I'm going to listen to her. Like, I'm going to be unpacking all of my stuff from the move. I'm going to listen to her album. Been recommended by many people. They're like, it's kind of emo. And I'm like, oh, great. I would love to relive being in high school. Right up your alley. Yep. Love it. Love to see it. (laughs) So, like, Mike, I guess... So we're talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier tonight. Speaking of emo. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) And so I guess you make an interesting point in terms of like TV productions being thrown off. Obviously, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first Marvel um, Disney Plus show. And because of COVID, they had to shuffle the schedules around and WandaVision ended up going first. 
um, instead of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Were you like, do you think that that had any type of impact on your viewing experience? Like as you were watching the show before we get into like the plot details and like what we thought about the show, do you think that that like impacted your engagement with the show? The fact that, you know, we're aware that it was supposed to go first, but it didn't. And like, are you like, I don't know, how do you, how you, how did you watch the show in that regard? I think that no matter what, I probably would have watched this show um, based off of like, it was still within the last year and a half. So it was something that a lot of people had been talking about. Also, I am one of those millennials who's on TikTok that the Zoomers want us off. um, And the algorithm gave me a lot of content for the show. I didn't get a lot of content for WandaVision. So I think it wouldn't matter which order they had come out i would have still watched the falcon and the winter soldier and it it, like if it had been a little bit later like if it had been pushed back to like the end of this summer after we all are kind of like living life again it i would have been like you know i'll watch it when i get a chance but still having that kind of um not really trying to go out too many places, not trying to be see too many people. It like came out kind of at the right time to like get all of that attention right before, you know, all of us are about to kind of go back to life. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think about WandaVision and when it dropped and like the discourse on Twitter, it's kind of just like we were waiting for it. Mm-hmm. We're kind of, we're waiting for a show like this to kind of capture our imagination again and, it's funny because, you know, you're, you're sitting at home watching the show, but in in in, certain, in some regard, you're still like seeing this as sort of the beginning of things returning to normal just for the fact that, you know, Marvel's doing something again, right? Yeah. Like we haven't had a Marvel movie since Spider-Man, which was like July of 2019. Yeah. So, you know, we, we at least have some content, right? We know that they were able to at least complete this during the pandemic somehow so like maybe since they're completing the the production like you said earlier maybe the fact that they're able to do that is some signal to us that we can start um getting back to normal in terms of what we're watching for entertainment and of course it's you know in the back of your mind you're still thinking of the when's the next movie dropping right Mm -hmm. so the next movie is black widow which has been famously pushed back and pushed back and I kind of thought of while watching WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, okay, how does Black Widow fit into all of this? I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see. I'm certainly excited for that movie and, you know, connecting the dots between that movie and, and, and WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Specifically about Falcon and Winter Soldier, though, it was a very different show than WandaVision. And... This was, I could tell it was supposed to go first because I think this was kind of the more quote unquote normal Marvel like property. Like this felt a little yeah. bit more in their lane. Um, would you agree with that? Like how do you how do you think this, this show compared to like the Marvel movies that you like watching? I think it was like more similar to the movies than what I my understanding of WandaVision was. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier was like kind of like watching a Captain America movie, but it was a little more fun. Um, but then the like the overall discourse that was happening during the show does not I don't feel like I've watched many Marvel movies where I'm like, oh, they're making like a commentary on society. I mean, like, yeah, there's a normal like greed or whatever, but like this specifically, like, because it addresses like racism. And not just in the way where it's like, oh, someone came up and they were calling someone else like a slur where it shows like, you know, it's hard to get a bank loan or it doesn't really matter that you're like successful and black. Like you still will be barred from entry to things. And also not only that, but um, having people around, specifically white people who are like, oh, this is a problem and they like address it also. Like, I don't think any Marvel movies necessarily do that. Um, I think that they're, like, entertaining in their own right, but I don't think that most of them are making a commentary. It's interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, I'll I'll talk a little bit about this later in our conversation, but, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of the Marvel movies kind of 
hint at deeper issues while like skimming over the surface at the end. Exactly. And I think that, I think that the show ultimately did that as well um, at, at the end of the season, which we can, we can talk about the end a little bit later, but by nature of the medium, you know, a TV show can kind of lean into those things on, on a deeper level than a movie just because they have more time. Yep. You know, you have two or three episodes where you can kind of really dig into, you know, American racism and, and the racism in the criminal justice system. You know, like you said, with with Sam and, um, you know, the episode where he meets Isaiah Bradley, who I'll talk about in a second. But, you know, he goes to Baltimore and. I mean, that's just layers on top of layers, right? Like that's mm-hmm. in, that's like, you know racism in the American military and like the experiments on black people, like, you know, it, it evokes, you know, Tuskegee and, 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 you know, Henrietta Lacks and things like that. And then like, right after that scene, it's, you know, racial profiling. So that's just like layers on layers, but you can do that more through spending more time with the characters and spending more time in the world. And I was I was really struck by that. Like the first, I think this was like seven episodes total. In the first two or three episodes, I was like, this is some of like the best stuff that Marvel's ever done, mm-hmm. in my opinion, in terms of like commentating on race in America and the American military. Um, again, I, I, I found that the ending of the series to kind of fumble that a bit or be at, at the very least very problematic. But um it was just really interesting to see that play out in that way. And the, the series, the showrunner was, uh, Lord, I should have looked this up before. It was a guy who wrote on empire, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Spellman. Yeah. And, you know, having his perspective as a, as a black person in America and, um, I don't know, it just being in his hands in that way. I feel like at least for the first half of the season, he really kind of mastered that. And, and I was also, I want to get your take on this. It was a lot funnier than I thought it would be. I thought the humor in it was was really good. And, you know, Marvel's known for like the laid back, quippy, bantery humor. But I thought that this was, you know, I don't think of the Falcon or the Winter Soldier as particularly funny characters, but they kind of inhabit this really funny world. And they were kind of, um, they held their own as far as like comedic timing. And some of it was like dry humor and some of it was more overt. But like, what did you think of the of the humor aspect of the show? The humor I thought was good and I didn't expect it because like you just said, like neither one of them are like in the movies they're in, they are not necessarily the ones that are being funny or giving those lines. Like they are very much like supporting characters to like the other Avengers. And so to kind of build them out as like their own defined characters they did it very well and made it where they were like funny and engaging and like they weren't like flat characters i think it could have been very easy for this to be a show that you know they're they're not really side characters like they're part they are avengers but like it would it would be very easy for them to kind of just be like okay well we did this show and like they kind of fell off and we don't really have to like develop them out too much like their motivations and like little things Um, But I think the attention to detail in making sure that they are still funny. So it kind of stays true to like Marvel movies and making sure that they like kind of build up who they are and like what, why they're doing what they're doing. Like, I think it it was done really well. So I guess I I wanted to get kind of your, we've been, you know, kind of picking at the show so far, what were your like over? How, how do you feel overall about the viewing experience of the show? Was it something that you? Um, I think we, I, I think it's safe to say we both enjoyed the show, yeah. right? I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, but like, what were what were the things that you like really liked about it? And then what were some of the things that you might have? What are some of the criticisms? I guess that you would have had for it. So I think that we have criticisms of that last episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I did like that. The show is like fast moving. I liked that it was like fun to watch. Like I think I had planned on watching it over the course of like a week. I was like, oh, there's six episodes. I'll just hang out and I'll watch an episode a night. And I watched it in like two nights after work. And I was like, man, this show is so good. Um, and then it got to the last episode. I was like, man, this was not what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, that's that's a big criticism there, but like, you know, it it's fun to see 
Sam and Bucky come together and like want to do the right thing. I like that their perspective is that of like, I think of the main Avengers, you know, you have Tony Stark who is a billionaire. So like he can do whatever he wants. Like when he's not being Iron Man, he's just chilling. He like lives his life and like, doesn't really have to worry about other things in the world. Like he, he doesn't worry about anything. He doesn't have to. Meanwhile, like you have Sam who is like just a normal dude. He is a counselor. And so like, it's not like he has to go back and he has all this money from like being an Avenger. Like they are not getting paid. So he has to go back to his normal life and like be recognized, but also be on the receiving end of racism and all this stuff. And then with Bucky, like he has PTSD and it's not like, he also is like, yeah, I'm just like going back to a normal life. He's going to a therapist and working through his issues while also being over a hundred years old and like trying to navigate a world that like he really should not have been alive in and not um, young ish. Like I, I think it, I liked that about the show where it didn't shy away from like, who would they actually have been if this, you know, let's pretend we live in the Marvel universe and we have these Avengers who are not going back to being the God of thunder. Like it, I really liked that. I liked that. It was like realistically, it was realistic in a world that's like not real. So I, I liked that about the show. And I think that's what kept it like really fun to watch and good to watch. What were your thoughts of the show? Yeah, I agree with you in terms of it, like kind of leaning into the realism. And I think the Bucky character was so interesting. Like when you mentioned him going to therapy and stuff, like they just, they take these things, these like themes that they have. So, you know, Captain America, the three Captain America movies are very much about this like man out of time soldier who is a, you know, a World War II vet, but now he's a young person or youngest, you know, person in contemporary society. And so it's the same with Bucky, right? Like Bucky is, you know, he's in his early thirties or whatever in the forties and now he's here. And so kind of getting that, the, the commentary about like veterans, right? Like there's a strong veterans commentary that kind of runs through the series and with him in therapy and then you know, making amends for the bad stuff that he did, that, that he did when he was a Winter Soldier, I kind of saw that as like you know a, a metaphor for you know veterans who kind of have to cope with and deal with the stuff that they did where they were fighting, um, and now you have to all of a sudden you have to a- adjust to your life, you know, back home in Texas or wherever you're at, you know, like you you kind of have to reinsert yourself into society when you've been so removed from it and doing such things that might go against your conscience. I mean, obviously Bucky did his stuff against his will, but kind of trying to reintegrate into society in a way that um, is difficult. I, I don't know the, the stuff with Sam. I like, I enjoy seeing his sister and things like that. Like, this is what, this is what we mean when we say we can kind of fill in the blanks for these characters that from the movies, right? Like you don't, you, Sam is never mentioned as having any type of family. Mm-hmm. when he's in a Captain America movie. So for him to be able to go home to Louisiana and like, you know, have this lived experience with his family. And then obviously we, we keep hammering home the, the racial aspect of it, but all that stuff really impressed me. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough because the, the, the start of the show was so strong. It was incredibly yeah. strong to me and it kind of lost it a little bit at the end. Um, before I get to that, I do want to I I want to talk about Zemo, the Zemo character in the in the show and the in the the purpose that he served. What did you think of Zemo in this in this show? Um, I thought he was a fun like he was a funny character. Like you know he's not a good guy. Like you know he's a bad guy. But mm-hmm. there are some bad guys you're like yeah, all right, you're fun. Like, yeah, you don't take away from the story and make it. I don't know. Like it could have been very easy to like lean into him being the bad guy and not focusing on like the flag smashers ultimately. And so 
and like the all the issues they're working through like it's important that the the main conflict has to do with that group and like the fact that you know they're unhappy about all these people being displaced and after everyone gets zapped for five years so like it's good that that remains the backdrop and that became remains like the conflict, even though Zemo is like obviously a bad guy. Right. <laughs> um, so I thought he was, he was good to have on the, on their journey. And um, I hope that he comes back. I assume he'll be back in other episodes. Like it kind of alluded to that, but mm-hmm. what do you think of Zemo? I thought it was interesting that he was like almost a comic relief character. Yeah. And that's just so different from how he was in, in Civil War, where he was just kind of a single-minded, like, really stoic, kind of smoldering villain. And now he's kind of, you know, he's playing up, you know, he's on the private jet, he's wearing the fur, he's, like, doing the dry humor with the two. And I don't know, it's just like they completely reinvented the character, which is something Marvel kind of does. Like, it, it, it reminded me of Thor Ragnarok. Yes, right? where, yeah. Where Hemsworth is basically playing a basically playing an entirely different Thor than the, you know, four previous movies that he had played Thor in. So, you know, that's just, it speaks to Marvel's ability to, you know, they're confident enough in in themselves to be like, we're just going to change this characterization completely from what you've seen already, because we know that you're going to enjoy it. We know that you're not going to be like, this doesn't make sense. You're just going to be like, whatever, I'm along for the ride. Um, yeah. I, I, Go, no, go ahead. Oh, well, I like, I think, like, you're right. We'll, fans watching will be like, yeah, I'm here for this. But I think it, the way that Marvel changes the characters doesn't necessarily, like, take away from their main motivations. Right, but it shows right, that right. they are not, like, a two-dimensional character. It's like, oh, yeah, like, with time, like, they lived through a lot of weird stuff. You're you're bound to change a little bit. Like, your your behavior is going to change. And, of course, like... That's that might not be what the consideration is when they're just like we put we got a new director we're going in a different direction but like it's not unreasonable to think that someone would change in like a ten year span. Yeah, I think with with Zemo, he he still at his core is someone who is trying to you know rid the world of superheroes. Yeah, right. He's still like that hasn't changed, and he is someone who is kind of still maneuvering to get what he wants. He's more genial with the, with the, with Falcon and Warner soldier. He's more like, you know, it's kind of, they're using me, I'm using them type thing. They kind of know what it is, but I don't know him being kind of like the breakout character. Wasn't something that I expected. I also didn't know that I only expected him to be in the series for like two episodes. And he ends up being like one of the major characters. Um, So that, yeah, that aspect was interesting. I, I like that you know, there are consequences to breaking him out of jail, right? It's not something where it's like, okay, we're going to get Zemo out. It's like, what? Why? It's like, well, we need him. It's like, oh, okay, fine. And then they do it. And, you know, but there's consequences from that, right? And yep. it, the end of that, I think the third episode where um, uh, Io shows up, right, at the end of the episode. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, I've come for Zemo. And it's like, damn, um, you know, there's you know, the Wakandans are going to be mad when they find out that Zemo's broken out because they, because he killed T'Chaka. That part too was just like, I don't know, that was tough for me because the Dora being integrated in the show, like I loved it. Yes. And it was so well done and it makes sense, but it just made me think of Chadwick and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still like the incredible loss and I'm still curious as to how Marvel is going to handle that moving forward. Um, we know that they've already have the title for Black Panther 2, and that's supposed to come out, I think, either next year or in 2023, one of the two. But, like, that part was, you know, everything with Wakanda, was it's it's this dual feelings of loving it and being so happy to see them and that world being integrated into the show, but also just this, like, completely, like, profound sense of loss. I don't know. Did you kind of feel that way, too? Yeah, I mean, I was I was happy to see it, but it's like, oh man, like how are we, how are they going to move forward with integrating it? In in terms of like all the other Marvel, I mean, like not every movie or show is going to have to have characters that are like from Black Panther part of it, but like ultimately in the next you know phase, they have to address it, and it's it's going to be. I think a very 
difficult time for like some fans where it's like, man, like how you're going to have a new black Panther and, um, it, and like remembering why, like, it's just like, it's pretty upsetting. I guess we should talk about just like briefly, like the plot of the show. Cause I wanted to ask you, we have to talk about the ending. We've like hinted at it. So like the plot of the show is Sam Wilson is like basically working for the government and he, you know, at the end of Endgame, Steve Rogers gives Sam his shield and he, you know, we're led to believe that Sam's like, okay, I'm going to be Captain America now, but that's not what really happens. He like gives the shield back to the government and Bucky is mad about that. And what ends up happening is like the government contracts a new Captain America named John Walker. And John Walker, we meet him in the second episode. He's at the end of the first episode, but we he's introduced at the very end of the first episode, but we're we're introduced to that character in the second one, and he's like, you know, this great military person, you know, best of the best, blah, blah, blah. Turns out he's kind of a kind of an asshole and he's kind of insecure, not like pure evil, but like evil enough. And he and his partner kind of clash with Sam and Bucky and uh, the 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 show revolves around um, their conflict with the Flag Smashers, which is what you said earlier. This you know kind of rogue, you know, pseudo terrorist group that ends up being like going full terrorist. That you know this group of people whose ideology is about you know when the snap happened, the borders all came down, and it was you know it was uh, the type of world that they wanted to remain living in in terms of like there's not being these barriers between countries. And so I don't know, like the the Flag Smashers, all of their motivations were a bit muddy. I think that that was an issue for 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 the show. But like the the show revolves around Sam and Bucky's conflict with the Flag Smashers, and um, Sam eventually like claiming the mantle from John Walker, who like goes crazy because he's insecure about not having the Super Soldier Serum. He takes it and it kind of drives him crazy. He becomes over the top violent. Um, he and the three of them, Bucky, Sam and John Walker fight. And, you know, it comes to a head in the, at the end episode where in the final battle with the flag smashers, I'm doing a horrible job. No, you're um, not. You're, you got it. You were explaining this. It. You're, you're explaining it very well, but I, I, I just wanted to get to this. Cause like the, the, the series ends basically on Sam deciding to take up the mantle. And he has this like, really like, I don't know, this really awkward monologue. Right. With these politicians. Yes. Um, about, you know, the flag smashers kind of have a point, but you guys have to, you know, you got to do your part and I can be Captain America if I want to. Like there's such a theme about a black Captain America. Right. Like what mm-hmm. does that mean? In 2021 and in this type of climate that we're in or just, you know, America in general with this history. And it's kind of just tied up in a way that's really like too neatly in a bow for me. And, you know, Sam has this relationship with Isaiah Bradley, who he finds out about through Bucky. Isaiah Bradley is a Captain America from the 50s who they experimented on and um, gave the super soldier serum. But, you know, again, evoking Tuskegee, like just experimenting on him without his knowledge and like that legacy. And it kind of ends with him getting a statue, like Sam gets him a statue and then like, He's like, okay, good. After he had just like castigated Sanford, like he just like tells him to his face, like no black man would, should want to be Captain America, which, you know, I basically agree with. But, you know, I understand that maybe not everyone agrees with that, but like the way that it wrapped up with him being like, okay, I have a statue now. Good job. Thanks. I'm, I'm all is forgiven. I don't know. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Do you, do you kind of agree with that or what are your feelings on that? I, I do agree with that. I think that that um, pretty much like, your perspective on that last episode where Sam has that monologue that's like not great. And um yeah, it definitely um, a statue does not make up for everything that happened to Isaiah Bradley. And like you based off of what you've seen of the character previously, like it would not be a logical jump to be like, yeah, he'll be fine with a statue. Like, no, the logical assumption is he'd be like, okay, but and what like this doesn't fix anything this doesn't stop anything from happening to future people like it's just a 
it's a nice gesture, but it doesn't mean anything. Like it doesn't change anything. And so, yeah, the last episode is like kind of a, I don't even know. It's like, and it's made like kind of more frustrating because Malcolm Spellman was like one of the writers for the episode. Right. And it's like, dude, you had it. You nailed it on that first episode. Like what happened between episode one and six? Like make it make sense. Um, But I'm wondering if they like wrapped it up like a little too neatly because they're like, well, maybe after it being such a very heavy emphasis on this commentary on racism, like, I wonder if they're like, maybe we won't get picked up for another season. So like, we need to kind of like make it seem like everything's like tied off really neatly, but it's like, no, like lean into what you started with. If you don't get another season because people are uncomfortable with hearing about the fact that like racism exists in America, shocking everyone. I know like get like people can get over it. Like at this point, people are still going to watch it. It made money. Like, I don't see the reason, like, unless people are like, we're going to sue Disney, which, okay, bet. Uh, Sue Disney over them putting out a TV show that addresses real world issues. I don't think you're going to win that lawsuit. It was tough. It was just a tough ending, especially since they, the stuff that they did in the first few episodes was as nuanced as they could be as as nuanced as something like this, like a Marvel show that's owned by this huge, you know, conglomerate that is Disney. Like there's only a certain point of how, like how quote unquote radical you can be with this type of stuff. And I think that they were right there. Like they were, they were asking good questions. They were making good commentary and you just want to see that kind of follow through to the end. Right. And the end of the season to me, like what makes the most sense story-wise is like it being ambiguous. He's still just like, you know, I don't know. Like maybe I, he's, you know, I can still be a hero, quote unquote, without having to be this symbol of, you know, how wonderful and idealistic America is. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, America's trash. Like this is, you know, <laughs> keep it real. <laughs> I don't know. At least from from the perspective of of people with marginalized identities. Yeah. So you know, there's you can want to make America better, improve the conditions for people in America from marginalized communities, without becoming that symbol. I don't know. I I understand that people have different opinions on that than I do, and which is fine. But like, I just think that regardless of what his decision was like, that's not a decision that should have been wrapped up, you know, midway through the last episode. Like that's something that should be, that's just, that's too messy and too, too complex and too nuanced of, of a decision to make or of, of a story to tell than him to just be like, okay, I'm going to throw these wings on. I'm going to have my training montage. And like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be that person, especially after that last conversation that he has with Isaiah Bradley. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just way deeper than that, but maybe that's just, um, that's just probably the nature. I was I was probably expecting too much out of this, right? I was probably expecting too much out of this show to really like go for it in the way that I wanted to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's like expecting too much to like watch. Again, you watch all these episodes and it, you're like, yeah, he he's going to continue to like have this internal battle of like, do I do it? Don't I do it? Whatever. And I mean, maybe. Maybe they set it up where, like, it's really messy how they wrapped up the ending to, like, start the next season where Sam, like, sees that it doesn't matter that he's Captain America. He's still going to experience, like, discrimination. And then that, like, continues on the conversation and maybe they open it up in other ways where it's like, yeah, he did it. And he, like, talks about, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. It was, like, a regrettable decision. Like, I don't I don't know what's going to happen in that writer's room. I hope that, that it that becomes a thing. So it makes the last episode um, less bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a fumble. Like, I don't know. And it it makes me wonder um, in the future, how these, if people are, if people in positions of power at Disney or at Marvel are seeing these reactions, because I'm pretty sure it was a pretty, pretty broad, consistent, uh, consensus that the last episode was kind of a letdown. I kind of felt that way about WandaVision, right? I felt like the ending of WandaVision was a bit of a letdown based off of the things that they had done earlier in the season. Um, I think this was, a, I, 
this was more of a letdown to me, but that's just by nature of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll kind of we'll kind of see what's what's what. Do you do you did you have like a favorite episode from the season? Um, I liked the episode where Sam and Bucky go to Louisiana and hang out with Sam's family. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like that's probably like the funniest episode. Um, just because you're seeing like Sam in his natural element and Bucky not and in the, their relationship where he's like, you know, Sam's on his boat and Bucky's like, well, I just want to check to see that you're OK. I'm going to leave. Um, I'm going to go sleep like on the floor. And, he, and Sam's like, oh, my God, come stay with us. And it just like. It's just very funny because that's like the conversations dudes are having with each other. We're like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go do like, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where they like, don't want to be open. Like they don't want to be vulnerable with one another. Right. And so it's just like, oh yeah, I just want to make sure you're okay. Like I flew across the country just to make sure you were okay. It could have been a phone call, but like, God forbid they're like, I care about you and love you. Um, I think that, more men are getting more comfortable with it. Like people that are our age, like I feel like I see guys that are like, my friend, I love him. But like older men, not exactly. They don't really do that. And so um, I th- I thought that that was just like good because it is like another conversation about like masculinity and like, you know, some of the issues that like, men have where it comes to being like, yeah, I want to like help you or I need help. Listen, emotional literacy is important. Facts. It's important for us to be aware of what we're feeling. We, we can't, you know, it's, it's way past time for us to, um, to come to grips with those types of things. I, yeah. I agree with you completely. I, um, I really liked Madripoor, that episode. That was um, cool. That was like, to me, that's what I wanted this show to be all the time, right? Like this globetrotting spy action thriller type thing. And we're introduced, we're reintroduced to Sharon Carter, who ends up being the power broker, which I didn't like that either. I thought that that was kind of like, I don't know, it was just, maybe it was just too obvious for me. I don't know. It was, it was an odd, I was like, oh yeah, that's maybe her. But I'm like, no, that couldn't just be her. That doesn't make any sense. You know, like it doesn't, I don't, we don't know enough if that's the turn that she's made, like we didn't, we, there's no like framework that makes sense for that, for why she would do that, in my opinion, or at least it wasn't, it wasn't explained well enough, Yeah. but I did like seeing them in there. I liked seeing them in Madripoor and like working together. And um, again, also Madripoor, a hint towards X-Men, right? Like that's a location that's very big in the, in the X-Men comics. So maybe they're planting the seeds for down the line, um, mm-hmm. kind of similar to like in, in the second Avengers movie where they like name check Wakanda. And then, you know, seven movies later, we have Black Panther. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But like, I really enjoyed that episode. I thought that was a fun, like slick, really cool episode. Um, and if they do have a second season, I'm, I'm hoping to see like more of Madripoor and and more episodes like that, I guess. I would guess that they would do that. Like, I feel like that was a very significant place in the show. And since they're going to go back, since um, Sharon is like the power broker, like they will most definitely be back there. Hopefully it's like more there than like the U S <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And is there anything else like specific you'd like to see from a second season? Um, I mean, I hope they continue the conversations on race. It'd be great if they got into the conversations and as about gender in there too. So they can be like, you know, at the intersection of race and gender, we have a mess. Um, And then, I mean, I hope that by them having like a woman director, I hope that she stays like working on the show, directing the show. Um, I think that's important in like, creative spaces like there should be women absolutely and i don't see the issue with a woman directing this show about these two men superheroes yeah and i don't know it'd be interesting if they added like they brought in some other avengers um just to like 
see how like other characters are that characters that make sense. I don't want just like random characters popping up where it's like, why, why would you put this character here? But like maybe more of the characters from Wakanda and just like really tying that together. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if Thor showed up, that wouldn't make sense. I would not be about that. I'd be (laughs) like, I, you know, I like Chris Hemsworth, but like, no. Um, But, but characters where it makes sense just to like, further flesh out the universe and tie everything together more where it really becomes like a cohesive world, its own world where it's not just, you know, the main Avengers, but like all of the other ones that have come together in the last many movies. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think with like the movies that are coming out, that'll also add to it. Like I would assume that black widow will have something like there'll be something from that that contributes to like, the next season of this show. What are you looking for, for the next season? Well, first I do want to, I want to shout out the director, like you said, um, Carrie Scoglin, who was like really great. Some of the, like the first, the very first like set piece of the series is like this action, like Falcon flying through and fighting, like skydiving people. And like, it's just really, really cool. Like action direction from the director. Um, Really effective. And I like that. I agree with you. What I want to see is more characters. And I wonder if characters from the other Disney plus shows will come in that, you know, that there's a, there's a yeah. night TV series that's coming. Um, and obviously, I don't know. I don't know if Wanda makes sense here. I mean, they know her. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess in, in that sense it does, but like, I don't know. Like I'd, I'd like to see other like ground level characters. I think it would make sense to have an episode with Spider-Man, right? Like it would yeah. make sense if they're in New York and, um, I, this this series ended in New York, um, the last episode. So like, it makes sense that a Spider Man would show up. You know, it, it makes sense that um, this is a stretch, but like, it makes sense that a Luke Cage they'd run into something like that. Um, would they I, even be able to get Spider Man? Because with like the copyright issues with like Marvel, Sony, Disney, like yeah. all that stuff. Like, I, I agree with you. It makes sense for Spider Man, but do you think realistically, with the legal side of things, that'll happen? Probably not. You know, it's probably they probably have it so it's like he can only be in this many Marvel movies, and like that's it. Like we can't have him in any, any series or anything like that. And it's the same with like Luke Cage and daredevil jessica jessica jones where it's like those were contracted through um netflix like there's a reason why we haven't seen those characters in like two or three years since those shows got canceled so i don't know but it would be cool to see them with like again like a moon knight or you know whoever other um shows that they're doing to kind of integrate those things storylines i don't know i'm i'm open to anything I'm certainly interested to see what they do with X-Men, how they integrate X-Men. If, if there were some, like, I, you know, I just feel like it was deliberate for them to go to Madripoor, right? Like that's at least been established. It's been established as a location in the show within the context of the show and then Marvel going forward. But certainly if you're in Madripoor and that's such a um, X-Men heavy place, like maybe in season two, we get some mutants in there. I don't know. It should be interesting though. That would be, because they haven't really tied in the X-Men no, at all. nothing yet. So nothing yet. this could be a good setup for it. And it, I mean, I would like it. That's more of a selfish. I like this show. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. it'd be great if they like tied X-Men into this. And um, again, brought the whole world together where it's like one cohesive unit. I mean, mm-hmm. Marvel has years. They're going to take more years of our lives to like fully build out this world. So like, it'd be good to see that. I agree with you. I think just really quickly, that's was like the biggest fumble for, of WandaVision to me is introducing Quicksilver in that way, the Quicksilver from Fox and like it being a faint, right? Like it being a, a joke. And instead of the crossover, like that's how they introduced the X-Men. Yeah. They, that was just a complete fumble. Like that was the worst Marvel fumble um, in a very long time, in my opinion. And it's not going to like hurt them long run. No. But that was just like a, a storytelling, like huge fumble. Like that was just real dumb. Sorry, I had to get that out. Um, no, you you do you. And I think that's fair <laughs> to say. Like it's maybe they'll be secretly listening and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we should like take direction from these people. Like if only that'd be great. Fe- Feige, if you're listening to the pod, come on, man. Email us. <laughs> We'd love to interview you. We'd love to give you our thoughts. Just, just, just come through, man. We're the, we have an open mic for you. It's true. It's very true. Um, yeah, I need to watch. I still need to watch WandaVision. 
Um, oh, it, you haven't watched it yet? I heard it was like very. I mean, like, yeah, I've read Damn, about it. Sorry, spoiler no, alert. No, yeah, I mean, no, you're good. I I'm okay with spoilers. Um, except for the last Star Wars, I didn't want anyone to spoil it for me. Oh, I watched yeah. it and it was spoiled. It oh, okay. spoiled itself. It was not great. Um, it was. A good movie. Man, it was bad. Um, <laughs> Real bad movie. Ugh, it shouldn't have been made. But that's that's a, a, a podcast for another day. We'll talk, we'll get into Star Wars, have some takes. Um, but yeah, I I want to watch WandaVision. Really, I didn't see as much promotion for it as I did for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so I was like, okay, well, I have to watch this show because I keep getting things for it and people keep talking to me about it. And like, I see that it's a commentary on race. So of course I have to watch it. And then it was funny. So I was like, okay, I'll keep watching this. But WandaVision I heard was like a little more serious. And I was like, ah, I'm not in a space to watch anything serious right now. But mm-hmm. I think this summer I'll watch WandaVision and Loki. Loki is the one that I'm most excited for. Like, really? I remember, yeah, when I saw the the trailers like months ago, they did the they had the D3 event or whatever else it was. And they released a bunch of trailers. Like they released a WandaVision trailer. They released a Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. They released a Loki trailer. And the Loki, the first Loki trailer, I was like, that's the one that I'm most excited for. So I'm very excited to see um, that. That starts in a couple weeks, I guess. Right? Yeah. I think first week of June. So very excited about Loki. Yeah. I think I will actually try to watch along with the show mm-hmm. instead of doing what I usually do and wait until it's over and then binge it. Right. Um, because I feel like it'll be a fun show. I can't, I mean, I'd be shocked if they made it into like a very serious and heavy show. Yeah. And it's fun to like have something to look forward to. Like it was fun to look forward to watching WandaVision every Friday. And yeah. It was fun to look forward to watching Falcon and Winter Soldier every Friday. And I've heard that they're going to do uh, Loki on Wednesdays instead of Friday. So that'll be fun nice. to, to like look forward to doing that. And also, um, for me personally, not having to wait until I get my homework done before I start watching that. Cause I was like, that was the rule I had for myself to like get my whatever paper written or whatever, you know, discussion board post up before I like watched the the Disney plus shows. I didn't always follow that rule, but I tried to at least have it established. So nice to, to not have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. So now you can watch and you can be up and you can be on Twitter with all the people Talking about the episode that just happened. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be real dope. It's it makes me the the way they release the shows where it's like one episode a week. I'm like, man, it's almost like living 20 years ago again. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Where you had to wait until like on Friday, whatever shows were on, or man, it's different time. Kids these days don't won't even know. They don't know. All they have is just the bin stuff. It's at their fingertips the entire series right at the right at the beginning. It wasn't yeah. always like that. Yeah. It used to be Zoomers. like a special thing. It used to be super special, like sit and watch something and like watch it when it like was the first on. And it wasn't even like you could be on like the internet being like, you know how when people watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette and they live tweet it and like they engage as a community. It's mm-hmm. not even that. People didn't even do that. I don't even know why we did what we did. Well, you know why we didn't have the technology to do what we do now. But like, um, I it, it's so, I don't know. It's a better, probably a better way to be consuming content because then you can pick up on all the details, which I think we've talked about with like other TV shows, how they're like, we binge them, but we like miss pieces from it because most shows are not made to be like just consumed like the way we binge shows. I uh, binged Game of Thrones. I think I've said that before on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, and that's just like, that's it's a not, lot. It's not the way to do it. It wasn't. No. I like binged it all the way up. I like finished the series right bef- like the night before season eight premiered. So like season eight was the only season that I like watched along with it. And I was like up at night trying to like get it done. And like, it was just like, it was like homework basically. Just like binging the show. And so I need to go back. Eventually I'll go back and like rewatch the show like kind of normal, like watch a couple episodes per week yeah um but yeah it was i don't recommend that it was bad binging seven seasons of a show like that was just not not very um conducive to like retaining information and like really understanding the story in a in a meaningful way yeah yeah so disney's on to something with these shows only releasing one a week i agree taking it back to the old days 
Yeah, throwback Thursday. <laughs> Do you want to tell them, uh, tell the audience what we're doing next week? Yes, I would love to tell the audience what we're doing next week. So hit us up on Twitter. We're doing a mailbag episode. So send us your questions about television, television shows, um, fun facts that you want us to share. We're just out here. We are just a, a mouthpiece for those fun facts, but also we'll answer questions and again, talk about different shows. So drop the questions. Um, you will likely be seeing a tweet from the tailgate society. So get on that train. Um, we'd love to hear from y'all to hear like your thoughts on the shows we've discussed. And maybe if you're like, Oh, you should have talked about this show. Let us know. Like, um, we will probably come back to television shows. It's not like that, you know, the shows we've talked about, like they're more than those shows that exist. So we will be excited to talk about those and then we'll get started on like another series of episodes that are not focused on TV after the mailbag episode. Um, some more to come there. Um, get excited and yeah. Tap into those questions. We, we, I always have a lot of fun with the, with the mailbag episodes and like answering everyone's questions and, just seeing how people are thinking about whatever we're thinking about, whatever we're talking about. So yeah, get those questions into us. We, we enjoy answering them. It's true. It's very true. But any parting thoughts on the Falcon and the winter soldier, which will now become the captain America and the winter soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. I'm interested to see what they do in the movie. I know that they're making another movie with Sam Wilson as captain America. So we'll see how that goes. And then, um, definitely looking forward to season two to seeing like what adjustments they made and to see how, uh, John Walker becomes the villain. Right. We've seen his origin story and honestly, it's a lot of his insecurity. So it's like, man, this isn't even a good villain. Yeah. It's going to be wild. <laughs> it is. It'll be great. But, um, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks everyone. <laughs>